Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Craig Goodlife. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here today. We're going to talk about wonderful advice for entrepreneurs going through divorce, something we don't like to think about, but it is a traumatic time of life and even more traumatic and difficult than when you're also a business owner running a business. And oh, I'd also love if we could touch on what it's like if you're in a partnership together with the said spouse that you're going to break off relationship with, because that could be even more hairy. Welcome to Savvy. Thanks for allowing me to be here. I'm excited about our topic today. Yeah, I don't think we've ever, I mean, we've had a divorce coach on many years ago. And also a mediator that dealt with people who were heading towards that direction, uh, which I thought was an interesting topic. Uh, I liked it better than the idea of going going to divorce court in front of a judge that's going to make a ruling on your life going forward. Um, but also, you know, as a business owner, it becomes so much a part of our lives. And then if you are going through a divorce, that just makes it that much more hairy. Uh, why, you know, I'm just curious. Uh, share with the audience for one, a little bit about your backstory, but I'd love to hear what made you decide to talk about this subject. Well, um, just because one of the things that we do that gives us great advice is the past mistakes we've gone through. Mm -hmm. And I've had more than my fair share. And this one right now, I've, I've gone through a lot recently that if I were going ahead and giving advice to like my son or another entrepreneur that I just loved, mm -hmm. um, there's so many different things that I was out there looking for resources, looking for information when I started this process. Yeah. And I found a lot of entrepreneurs just start talking about it. Mm. And it got a little bit of passion because I thought there's a lot of entrepreneurs that unfortunately they go home a little stressed. Sometimes they invested in their business and their spouse wanted them to invest in their lifestyle. And I know sometimes that creates a little bit of a, uh, a challenge in a marriage. And sometimes the time is divided the same way where they have to divide their time more into the business at some point yeah. and less 
from that person. And so they go ahead and they create some of these things, which if you look, when you take a happy, healthy marriage, mm-hmm. you put the pressure and stress of money on it and the pressure and stress of time together on it. And you look at these because entrepreneurs face these a little bit more than most people. Entrepreneurs have to make sure other people get paid before they get paid. It takes some of the common reasons people get divorced. It puts entrepreneurs square in a place where they're going to have to deal with it like other people completely differently. And unfortunately, they're a little bit more likely to have that happen. Wow. Got those pictures. Wow. Uh, and this is interesting, um, Craig, because I'm thinking when people start a business, it sounds really great. Oh, I have this, you know, pie oh, yeah. thing. I can make pies really awesome. Or uh, I, I'm a doctor and we're going to start our own clinics or whatever. It sounds like a great idea. And maybe you're, you're, you talk it over with your wife or husband and they're on board at first, but I don't think either side sometimes has an understanding of how much time commitment goes into starting a business. That's, I, I think that's, in relationships, absolutely. In people's personal lives, they're mm-hmm. always surprised when it takes more time than they thought. Mm-hmm. It costs more money than they had budgeted. Mm-hmm. And the results come slow and sometimes not at all. Mm-hmm. There's unfortunately a lot of businesses that due to circumstances, they couldn't keep up. You know, They needed someone to work in that job and they were the only employee and they needed that person to work 80 hours a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those two people's two people's full-time job and get done every single day. And unfortunately that's some real things that happen that yeah. entrepreneurs deal with. It's a whole different arena. This is not something they prepare you for in school. Mm-mm. It's not for the faint of heart. What do you suggest? Let's say someone who are, is listening in today and they're, they're married, they haven't actually started their business yet, but they're thinking of starting and maybe both parties, husband and wife are, are game for it. What should they really address before getting started? Well, so a couple different things. If they've got a great spouse, um, when you've got a great level of communication and you can start to say, I'm going into this, and this means some weeks we're not going to see each other. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I'm doing this, the reason it's important to me is because I'm very passionate about, and for me, it's creating jobs all over mm-hmm. the world for, for hardworking people. And I'm really passionate about that. And me personally, I never had that conversation. My, my conversation with my, my previous wife, and, mm-hmm. I, and I hope no one does this, they learn from my mistake, was me coming home one day and saying, hey, I've got this idea. I'm going to start some company, a company. It's going to create jobs. I didn't tell her, and this is my fault, that it was going to cost money. And for the mm-hmm. first several years, I was going to pay to go to work. I didn't tell her that it was going to take me out of the house several times and requiring a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I, If this were a business transaction, I failed to disclose. Mm-hmm. And that was completely on me. Yeah. Now, can I ask you, uh, looking back, did you know, because I don't think everyone, like we said, when we got started, not everyone had an understanding of just how much time and money. Did you just not disclose it or did you just not realize it at the moment? It's a little bit of both. I think the bigger problem is I didn't disclose my goal. Because if you went ahead and looked at the goal I was working to achieve and the results I wanted to have, it would be very evident when you talk that out with someone, what's going to be required. And I didn't say, here's where I wanted things to go. Yeah. And and that's very, very challenging. So if someone's listening and they're in that scenario where they're starting a business, they have someone and they've got someone very special, something they love, they got to say, here's the goal. And here's kind of the plan to get there. And oh, by the way, here's the schedule I'm going to have to follow. 
Wow. Yeah, that is definitely intense. Now, I'd like to go to another area that I've seen for a couple of good friends of mine who went through divorce later. After being married for some 20 years, they opened a yeah. business together. They were fully partnered, went in, built a very profitable business. But for whatever reason, you know, things don't work out. Now they have to disassemble what was a very profitable business. And I'm sure that it's, it's even harder when you're dealing with, okay, house, maybe kids, but now dealing with the business, do you have any advice on that area? Well, you've got two different components to look at because mm -hmm. when you're in business with a spouse, there's the work component that one of you is doing X job and the other is doing X job. And in some circumstances, I've seen, believe it or not, some people that they can still work with a previous spouse and say, well, you do your job, I'm gonna do my job and the company's gonna benefit. But that's probably such a small amount of time, I wouldn't plan on it going that way. So you've got the division of labor on who's gonna do what. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when it's our businesses, we work for a lot less than we would pay someone else to do the same job. But then you also have, and this doesn't matter if you have a divi division of labor in most states, and I know from the state of Utah, when you started that company and you were married, you are a 50-50 joint partner with your spouse. Yeah. And so you've got the division of what is the business valued at and what is the division of cost uh, and labor. And so there's a lot of different things that it happens. And most people, when they get a business with the spouse, they didn't go out and, and you know, choose first. I'm going to start a business one day and I'm going to make sure I hire the right spouse to get into business with me. I mean, you get into business with your spouse because you love your spouse. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, your spouse might be, you know, a Clydesdale and you build a business of climbing trees. And your spouse is doing everything they can, working their guts out. But no matter how hard they do, they're just not built for it. And there's nothing wrong with them. But it can create some contention. Yeah. And it's because when you married them, you weren't in the tree climbing business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you were in two different pages. Actually, I heard this in a, in a different story. Um, someone came on, in, I think, two years ago to talk about the importance of working out a kind of pie factor of what each partner is going to bring to the table, because you'll say, okay, it's 50, 50, we're two partners, two people. And so it's just 50, 50, but what you contribute both monetarily or your physical labor is often not 50, 50, uh, one person and, and how to figure that out. So he actually came out with some sort of pie chart to do that. Um, but that's very important to look at because you might be spending 80 hours and maybe your partner is spending 20 hours. It, it's really not a 50-50 equal partnership. No, and the jobs are going to be different in some cases. Yeah. Um, and if you don't define the nature of the relationship and you're going through a divorce, the state will define it for you. And I'm going to promise you right now, if you didn't define it, when they define it, you're not going to like it. Because mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. you will be the person speaking from experience that's working these ridiculous long weeks and going ahead, my partner goes ahead and they have the same ownership interest I do. Yeah. It's just there. Yeah. And, and, you know, and also the same goes, and we've had this conversation in the past on the show when it came to just the personal side, when you do have to bring it before a court, all they're looking at is a piece of paper and it's like, it's cut and dry. They don't see the day-to-day -day blood and guts of what goes on personally or professionally to make a, a, I think, a proper assessment. It really should be based on you guys. So what is your advice? Say you're getting started. Should you sit down with a lawyer and clearly mark stuff out so that if you ever come to the misfortune of separating that it's all worked out ahead of time? Yeah, but I'm going to say a lot of people right now, especially those listening, if you have a happy marriage, you're not going to do that. Yeah. Here's the thing that I would approach it with. 
Mm -hmm. uh, because at some point you or your spouse could be negligent in your position. And at some point you could get your company sued. Mm -hmm. Now plan for that lawsuit because the divorce, divorce is a lawsuit. You're planning from a lawsuit when you start your business, unfortunately. Let's just pretend you're in the, I've got a wedding venue and it's a lot of fun. Let's pretend your spouse goes in and just punches a guest right across the face and they want to sue. Well, you've decided going into this business, they have a 50-50 ownership. The courts might view that depending on how your entities are structured, and what you have set up. They might view it as they can only sue for that person's 50%. So you're going to want to disclose here is how we're going to do it. And you're going to work out because it is a business relationship you're adding into a romantic relationship. I would go ahead and go through any other professional. I would if it wasn't a spouse. And it's the same thing if I were starting a business with um, a good friend, mm -hmm. might be my best friend in the world. They still might punch someone in the face. I don't know. They might have a bad day. They might have done something negligent. They might have been driving in their car and had caused a car accident. And someone Googled them and saw the business and thought, well, I'm going to sue that business. Mm -hmm. So, And you make a good point, Craig, in that I don't think people start out with the idea that I'm going to be negligent. Uh, either even yourself could buy it not on purpose think you know do something that causes it to be negligent or to for yeah. there to be a lawsuit of some sort and uh, you didn't neither party set out to do that but to have the ramifications because i did hear one business owner a while back come on saying in business you can really count on one thing for sure and that is you're going to have to deal with lawsuits as you get bigger and bigger it comes with the territory in one shape or another he actually had a partner that uh, embezzled um a lot of money and almost put him out of business. Um, so, you know, that comes with the the territory. Well, when you go ahead and your net worth is over a million dollars, I don't know anyone who builds a business hoping they don't make money. <laughs> I think a lot of entrepreneurs want to break a million. The number I've heard is you're 40% more likely to get sued. And so if you're planning on going ahead and just going for a big seven figure income, and I think you should think big, I think that's a big thing with great entrepreneurs. They think big. But you have to go ahead and look at your 40% more likely to get sued just based on when you cover that or that seven figure mark. Yeah. So you get started day one and we talked about that we should really lay out the possibility of any lawsuit. And I would probably strongly suggest that you do this with a professional, not on rocket lawyer or something like that. Cause I did have a good friend who tried to work out everything through just downloading a template. And we'll figure it out ourselves. And it didn't quite work out on the back end. Um, we don't do law for a living. And if you don't, uh, you could think I have it all squared away. And later on when there's issues, not really have it squared away. Well, you paid less, but you can't complain about the service you got from it. Yeah. You know, you didn't get as good a service and it didn't hold up in court, but you paid less. You can't complain about that because you got what you paid for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, when you're hiring your professionals, like your your accountants, your attorneys, stuff like that, the people that are here to make you successful, it's worth the investment in a professional. Yeah. And that's a good way to look at it. It's an investment up front for what's to come later and to help you towards your greater success in your business. And yeah, that's just tremendous advice. Now, let's say someone listening in said, okay, I got you. I'm going to go out and hire these professionals um, so I can make sure I'm on target as far as getting a lawyer to work out the contracts, getting a proper accountant. Now, let's say I don't know where to look for one of these. Where do I begin to find someone that I know is someone that I can trust or is it is worthy for me to hire them. Well, so for me and a lot of businesses, look at how you go ahead and you find customers, you find clients. So one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs have is this word of mouth business. 
They get a lot of clients and consumers from word of mouth. Sometimes your friends know that you're starting a business and they're your big supporters. Go out to people, you know, and say, here's what I'm looking for and ask people who they know and who they recommend. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to tell you that most, there's just this thing that when you're referred to someone by someone, Mm -hmm. That person who's receiving the referral, they almost want to take better care of you because they don't want to let down the person that referred them. So when you ask people that, you know, it puts a little bit more like, oh, I don't want to look bad for this person who referred me. You're getting a little bit more. So I would first reach out to the people that, you know, even if you just go on social media, you do a real quick post that says, I'm thinking about starting a business. Who do you know? It's a great business attorney, or I'm looking for some great business advice to take my company to the next level. And it could be, I'm getting sued right now. But I'm looking for some great advice from a great business person uh, to protect my company. Who do you know? And just mm-hmm. constantly asking who you know. And if you don't, if you're, if you, the people you're around don't know those people, you might need to upgrade the people you're around. And I think we should always be meeting new people. Mm, good, good point there. Uh, two things. One in my twenties, where I wanted to get into an industry I really didn't have experience in. But I did know someone who was in that industry, and I just kind of relayed to her that I was looking to get into that industry, early 20s, have no background. Because that's one of the biggest things when you're early starting, um, you just have your degree maybe, but you don't have the experience. Often you won't get your leg in the door. Um, Hearing how excited I was, at least knowing her, she put out the word. I went to um, a cocktail Christmas party of hers. She introduced me to a couple people in the industry. Boom, I got an interview. Rest is history. I got a job. Um, but see, that's working. Uh, and here you're mentioning getting uh, maybe it's not someone in your network. She couldn't help me, but she knew someone in her network. So, you know, that maybe networking a bit, going outside of your comfort zone and meeting new people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the big things that, um, especially to grow your knowledge base, mm-hmm. you've got to be masterminding with other professionals, professionals talking to people who've grown and have done things that you want to do and yeah. learn from as many people as you can in person. Yeah. And, and you mentioned something else. Maybe you need to upgrade your friends. And we're not saying dump everyone, you know, you know, oh. you don't need them anymore. No, oh. it's not. It's not about that. It's really that if you're going in a new direction and maybe the friend or family that you presently are hanging with don't quite understand, maybe connecting with your local you know, industry networking group to just, as you say, meet those new individuals that are in the same direction, going the same direction as you would be a really good first stop start. Well, Christine, I don't know about you, but I don't have enough friends yet. No, never too many. <laughs> but I think, I think everyone that's upgrading their friends, it's adding how many people, you know, and you can spend time with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This has been uh, so instrumental, insightful. I know anyone listening in who's been thinking of starting a business now has been giving some very fruitful advice. Anyone who's out there who maybe started a business with a partner is now thinking, "Mm, maybe we should sit down with a lawyer. Actually, you definitely should. But I don't want us to leave today without everyone finding out how they can find out more about you and find out more about Cyberbacker, which is your company. How can they do that? Yeah, go ahead and go to cyberbacker.com. If you reach out to me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, I'm very friendly, you know, and if anyone is going through a divorce, cause I've been there, you have an emotional component mm-hmm. where when you have your employees see that you're going through it, sometimes they get a job. Sometimes when you go ahead and you say that I'm, I've got this big thing going on and word gets out, mm-hmm. some people side with your spouse and you find out the people that you're working with, they kind of become more or less like an enemy towards you and they try mm-hmm. to sabotage you. And I've been there. And if you're ever going through this, you need someone to talk to, please reach out to me. Yep. 
Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, my friend who uh, owned a shop with her husband for quite some time, that kind of happened to them. Uh, she had uh, half the shop go to him, half to her. And it's kind of sad that people are choosing sides instead of saying kind of like, I'm going to, I love both of you. Let me just understand you're both going through something. It's kind of hard not to want to choose a side if you like one party more or a little bit than the other or whatever the reason might be. Um, but yeah, thanks for offering that kind offer. Uh, everyone, please go to cyberbacker.com. And thank you, Craig, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you. It's a pleasure. You betcha. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.